It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here is your host, Inside Towers business editor, John Celentano. Hello, everyone. I'm glad you could join us today. Robust wireless market projections from companies such as Cisco and Ericsson show that mobile data usage from both mobile devices and Internet of Things sensors is growing exponentially. To meet that growth, infrastructure must be greatly expanded with more macro cells, small cells, and fiber backhaul to support a multitude of applications and use cases that operate on a mix of low band, mid band, and high band frequencies, what T-Mobile calls the layer cake. This means there is a lot of work ahead of us all, uh, yet we keep hearing that there's not enough trained technicians to perform the work that needs to be done in the next few years. Advanced wireless technologies need qualified and certified men and women to do the job properly. In turn, these workforce shortages, shortages are driving the need for comprehensive and customized training programs. Joining me today to talk about the current state of a wireless workforce and programs available to develop workforce from a Learning Alliance Corporation is uh, Cesar Ruiz, a company CEO. Welcome, Cesar, to Tower Talks. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, why don't you give us the elevator pitch on the Learning Alliance and uh, a little on how you got started in the business? Yeah, absolutely. You know, John, my background is specifically in the grant writing space. So as it relates to workforce development, uh, you know, our organization has spent the last 18 years going into different industries and identifying the way to bridge the gap between the skilled workforce and the demand of the industry. And over the past two years, we have been supporting the wireless infrastructure space and really learning how much it's evolving with the uh, maturation of small cells and how it's mm-hmm. starting to bleed into a lot of the civil work, you know, civil and small cell are really starting to become more in more integrated right. um, as it separates itself from the tower side. So there is just a lot of change going on and uh, elevator speech, pretty straightforward. We just need to understand from employers in the industry what the demand is so that we can, uh, you know, really allocate uh, our curriculum development Steve uh, team uh, towards building the right content that aligns with certifications and really industry requirements. So what kind of, maybe you can get a little specific, what kind of needs are you getting from the field in terms of uh, skills or qualifications that are needed for the type of work that, that uh, we see ahead of us? You know, I really see that the industry has evolved. They're, they're beginning to really define specifically what they want. Uh, two years ago, it was pretty straightforward. As long as the guy was able to climb and have all of the safety certifications, safety, safety, safety specific, right. that's what they were looking for. Over the last year, we've seen that employers are seeking also uh, a, a more skilled workforce. Uh, on top of being able to pass a drug test, a background check, have a clean DMV, work in the elements and working at heights, now it's also the understanding of how quickly can they absorb content that relates with the maturation of 5G and how it's incorporating into the small cells, um, you know, adding bucket truck training, fiber optic certification, uh, enriched to specific skill sets so that they have the ability to do PIM sweep testing, build jumpers, and uh, weatherproofing based on the requirements of the carriers and their requirements. So it's very interesting how we as an industry are really trying to quantify exactly what is the shortage of a skilled workforce and how is that going to 
Um, how's that going to morph over the next couple of years as small cell becomes a greater focus as we mm -hmm, go along? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do we have a, an idea? I've, I've heard different numbers kicked around, but do we have an idea of what we're talking about when we talk about workforce shortage? I mean, how many, give me a ballpark number, how many people we might need to really uh, fulfill and address the work that uh, is projected? You know, John, I wish I could tell you the number. I, I wish I could be the guy that says this is the number. I mean, but, but let's go back to what Carr said, Commissioner Carr said many, many moons ago. We're 20,000 people short. Mm -hmm. um, is that over a one, three, five-year window? It's pretty hard to define. But what I can tell you is that we are currently graduating 25 technicians a week. That's going to be growing to 40 people a week come the first quarter of 2021. Mm -hmm. We're placing 90 to 98% of them within two weeks. So awesome. the demand is yeah. definitely there. But what yeah. I can tell you is that we're not even scratching the surface. Yeah. Uh, at the present time, we know that there is going to be roughly between 2,500 and 3,500 uh, just tower positions without small cell, uh, without mm -hmm. civil. Um, mm -hmm. I can just tell you that the 20,000 over the next three to five years may be slightly short because mm -hmm. as municipalities start to dictate some of the requirements and work and the need for 200 um, light poles to be converted into small mm -hmm. cells mm -hmm. per square mile, uh, that's going to only drive demand even further. So I believe what Commissioner Carr said of 20,000 jobs, that's fairly strong. Mm -hmm. We just don't know whether that's over three years or five years. So the qualifications that you're providing to these candidates, um, is it across the spectrum of what you mentioned, you know, being able to go up and down towers safely, uh, install RF, install cable, fiber cable, and do all kinds of testing? Or, or is it, um, are the curriculum sort of segmented depending on the, the direction that the student uh, would like to go? You know, John, the way that we begin is obviously safety is first. So mm -hmm. across the board, regardless of whether it's civil, tower, or small sum, safety is the primary component. Right. Consider that to be the required skill set within all of our cert certificate and all of our diploma programs. Mm -hmm. What differs are the electives. The electives okay. associated with broadband, small yep. cell, civil, tower, those additional competencies differ per program because they provide a different outcome of a candidate to an employer. Sure. So that's the key differential there. Regardless of how you look at it, though, John, the only reason why our programs are successful is because we're aligning everything to an apprenticeship framework. Mm -hmm. There is uh, a methodology for an employer to absorb one of our candidates, one of our graduates of our diploma programs and put them in a framework that they know for the next 2,000 hours of their employment, the following competencies that you've already learned here with learning lines, they're gonna be mm -hmm. applicable. They're gonna be habits. And mm -hmm. they're gonna convert those habits into constructive habits, not negative habits, mm -hmm. that they can align within you know, their work orders, their scopes, their JSAs, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. The success is associated with an apprenticeship solution that then also aligns with an NWSA certification standard. Gotcha. So it's gotcha. not just the curriculum and the safety, 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 which is critical, but it's competencies, 
competencies right. that are then aligning with an apprenticeship and really an NWSA certification. Those two pieces are really critical in the success yeah. of our industry. Is the time, the, the timeline you mentioned, uh, is that about, is that typical of the, the, the learning curve? How many hours they have to kind of have under their belt before they, they can achieve the certifications? Well, I, the timeline varies based on every individual job. Okay. Uh, I truly do believe that competency-based frameworks really does support those uh, early adopters and those that mm -hmm. are truly interested that want to advance. Clock-based, time-based uh, entities, uh, I just don't think really work, not in our industry. Yeah. So really, uh, it should be up to the candidate. It should be to the individual. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be great at your skill? Is this a job or is this a career in their mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and I believe that competency-based outcomes are, are really successful. I do believe that the OJT framework of 2000 hours, it just built a lot of great habits in our end as an sure. academic institution. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that our program is set up is to provide those competencies in a controlled environment. We teach them how to crawl, then how to walk, right. then how to run. Right. And when they go to an employer, they can focus on how can you become an asset to my organization and to my uh -huh. contracts. That's going to differ from employer, per contract, uh -huh. and per requirement. Uh -huh. Do you uh, operate in different regions? Are you centralized? or what, what you, uh, How are you structured to, to bring these candidates through your program? That's actually one of our strengths, John. We support the entire continental United States. Mm -hmm. So what we've been very blessed with is the ability to work with a lot of industry leaders that have been able to communicate with us. This is the rollout plan of where the work is going to be. Okay. And then what we really do is just focus on those local regions to identify candidates that, uh, again, that are willing and able to do the work, mm -hmm. that understand the rigor of the job, Mm -hmm. uh, the heights, the elements, um, and that understand that you don't have a career here if you can't pass a background check or a drug test, unless it's a specific employer that will be uh, providing a check, second chance to those mm -hmm. that have a background mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, so that's, that's a big piece, but we focus on a nat national framework, John. So um, we currently have uh, this week uh, in our facility, uh, I believe it's nine different states so oh. they are flying in from all over the country. The mm -hmm. good news for 2021 is that uh, we're working on a relationship. We're going to be releasing some very important information mm -hmm. on how we're now going to be able to support other parts of the country without people having to fly into Tampa, Florida. Right, right. How we're going to okay. be able to support, have a location in Texas. We're going to be in California. We're going to be in Missouri, Illinois, Illinois um, Georgia, and obviously here in Florida. So we're going to be expanding our footprint to support more of a national approach uh, as we continue to focus on apprenticeships, certifications, and um, the fact that we're going to be releasing a virtual reality uh, gaming uh, piece of technology that's <clears throat> also going to be able to work with our learning management system and our app that will be on all of our graduates, all of our apprentice, all of our employers. They're going to have access to a system that allows them to provide micro learning to, uh, to adults. So that if they're in the field and it's a rain day, that right. they're able to look at their phone, click on their app, look at the competency that they need to learn, 
mm-hmm. identify the best practices and go into a gaming environment where they're going to be able to actually practice and do the muscle memory necessary to ensure that they're not learning through hard knocks. Let's just put it that way. Sure. So basically, you're going to send your trainers to the, the locations where the workers need to be trained and, and with your curriculum and um, put them through the programs locally. Would, would you, would you, do you find that much of the hiring is done that way, is done locally? Or, um, or people, you know, if they trained in your facility in Florida, do they end up working across the country or... Uh, they, uh, no, they, they do. The industry is not just um, a demand here in Florida, John. It's really national. So all we're really doing is just empowering the employers to communicate and educate us on their geographical needs. Sure. So that if XYZ Corporation says they need five people in Dallas, mm-hmm. seven people in Chicago, nine mm-hmm. people in Boston, it's the responsibility of our talent acquisition team to go vet and identify candidates in those regions that, again, understand the rigor of the job, the requirements, the elements, so forth and so on, the things that I've already repeated, and ensuring that they understand that if they're willing to participate in that and make this a career, not a job, there's an organization that's willing to bring them in, uh, fly them in, house them, and right. ensure that, um, that they obtain the necessary skills and competencies so that we can then send them back to their local area to support that local employer now, it's a mixed bag, John, because there's employers that support around a 120-mile radius of whatever brick and mortar they may have. Right. And there's other employers that basically travel four to six weeks at a time. Right. What we want to be able to do is not just do the initial training, hand them over and say goodbye. We're done. Thank mm-hmm. you for mm-hmm. playing. We're looking at becoming more of an industry partner where we're working with these employers and saying, now that Johnny is working for you, he or she that is now representing your organization is not left to their own devices. They're going to have an app downloaded on their phone. All LAC alumni will have this. They're going to have access to curriculum. They're going to have access to continuing education. Mm -hmm. Every month when we release new content, they're going to have access to it. Learning should never end. The moment that we stop learning, we're slowly going downhill. So we want to provide that mechanism. We want to ensure that when there is downtime or drive time and there's guys sitting in the truck, that they can actually learn in our app, gather additional skills, additional competencies. And instead of learning while they're on the tower or on the facility, that they can go to our gaming virtual reality environment and actually practice these skills. Again, not having to come to Tampa, Florida, but to be able to do it within the framework of their employer while they're employed during their first 2000 hours of on the job training to become true assets to that organization. And then just another resource for our industry. Sure. I believe that you gotta have this application, this additional learning and this virtual reality framework in order to practice what you believe because it could mm-hmm. be wrong and there's gotta be a way for us to teach and uh, you know, really cement their competencies without it costing an employer money. Uh, are most of your students from employers they're already working for, or are you attracting um, independent people who may have an interest in, in getting into the business? So I'm going to address that in two areas. I believe you were just asking, John, if we're supporting employers. Are the, 
Are you yeah, are employers coming to you to say, please help us train our, our workforce? Yes, sir. And, and or are, are there people who are, are looking for work and are, can be brought in and then maybe uh, lined up with a job with someone? Absolutely. So, John, to answer that is we're both supporting incumbents, which are existing employees, right. and we're supporting their talent acquisition teams with new hires. Okay. So we have about 100 employer partners right now that mm -hmm. we work with mm -hmm. on a continuous basis. We have been very lucky that over the last year, the word is getting out about our service. Mm -hmm. So we're adding roughly around three to five employers a week. Awesome. And when we're adding these employers, it's an A-B strategy. A, what do you need? Uh, how many technicians do you need over the next 30 days, 90 days? And do you have the ability to envision the next year? And if you do, we will build the talent acquisition methodology to go find those individuals in those geographical areas. The B part of this equation is focusing on the employer. How many technicians do you have? How many are TT1s, 2s, 3s, 4s, and 4men? What is your training and development path for those individuals? If you don't have one, luckily for them, we are an apprenticeship-based organization. So we are able to then work with them on how to develop those individuals. Because if we are not helping those technicians grow within their organizations, sure. then we're going to have the same problem that I've been hearing for the last two years. Hey, I would love to add another crew, but I don't have a foreman. I don't have a top hand. I can't add four TT1s without a skilled individual, right. but yet the organizations don't have a professional development path to take their existing incumbent employees and give them the necessary skills and competencies to make that an achievable goal. It's almost as if they're looking to find people from the outside world instead of a methodology to grow from within. I believe that we're about a year away from bridging that gap and ensuring mm -hmm. that any and all employers within the industry that truly want to develop their employees they reach us, they communicate with us, right. because we have the technology, the curriculum, and the methodology to ensure that there is a professional development path to mm -hmm. fix the problem from within. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, and, and much needed from, you know, the way you describe it. I think the history of this business has been a lot, a lot of transient workers. And uh, it sounds like we're at a point where we're developing a professional workforce that can um, stay on, uh, with, with a, an organization for some time and develop professionally to different leadership roles. It is, because John, if you, don't, if you think about it, historically what I'm hearing is Johnny Tower Technician is going to leave my company right. to go to the person down the street because they're giving me 50 cents more an hour. Right. It's very hard to build loyalty if you don't believe that your employer has your best interests at heart. Right. So the apprenticeship solution fixes that, John. It basically says, well, the next 2,000 hours, which is equivalent to one year of, uh, of work, okay. Okay. you're going to build the following competencies. And as you achieve them, you're going to be rewarded with more income. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So that if six months down the road, Johnny down the street is being offered, is giving them a dollar an hour more, they're not going to want to leave. Because there's a roadmap at that stage that if I stay loyal, focused, and committed, I know that I am X number of competencies away from this increase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I already know my employer. I don't have to determine whether the grass really is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. If they have my best interest at heart, 
I know who I'm working with. They've taken the time to recognize the value of uh, an apprenticeship framework, the certifications that are aligned with it. Mm-hmm. And they're giving me a roadmap. That's going to fix the retention issue that we have in this industry. Right. We're one of the few trade uh, trades in this country um, that doesn't have a, a, a well-defined apprenticeship solution that's been adopted by the industry. Right. So as this matures just naturally, it's going to fix itself. Mm-hmm. Well, we're certainly on the right path uh, from what you, you're, you and your team are doing and others um, in the industry. We're, we're in touch with um, um, different groups that are part of this workforce development and, and raising the skill level of, of the people in the field. And, um, but it's been great, Cesar. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing some of these perspectives with us. Any, any final thoughts or remarks you'd like to pass along to us? Sure, absolutely. Any of your listeners that are uh, tuned in right now, I mean, if workforce development and uh, uh, really uh, removing the, uh, the stress of where am I going to find my next skilled employee, if that's something that is of value that they would like to overcome, or if mm-hmm. they really do want to build a methodology for workforce development for their employees mm-hmm. by utilizing uh, our gaming, virtual reality, our uh, our learning management system, mm-hmm. our entire solution, and they're interested in learning how do we how do we achieve this without it costing them monies and leveraging the grants that we support. Um, I mean, send them my way, John. Give them my contact information. Let them know that Learning Alliance Corporation, www.mylearningalliance.com. That is where they can find us. Go to our website. Feel free to chat with any of our employees. Uh, And there is also a phone number there that they're more than willing to speak intelligently. We will be more than glad to show them how to support their existing employees and their future employees um, as a well-established solution uh, that now has documented outcomes and funding that is readily available so that this does not become just another line item in their P&L. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you, you, you answered my question. I was going to ask you, how do, how do we get in touch with you? And you've already provided that. But I, I really appreciate your, your time today, uh, Cesar, and, and uh, thank you for an informative session. Oh, it's my and, pleasure. Uh, what, anything, anything to help the industry, John? I hope that we get to do this again. And maybe next time I'll be able to provide you some additional information on how the industry is evolving as it relates to our employers and their retention rates and their ability to, to really give that uh, solution. Um, and uh, I look forward to sharing that with you in the future. Well, we won't wait 2,000 hours, but when you have something uh, you want to share with us, let us know. Consider it done, John. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, and thanks to, to everyone sitting in today. Uh, this concludes our call, and please enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.